My name is Laura. I'm an adult child of an alcoholic. And I'm going to speak on inner child work tonight. And I'm going to read a very brief passage from the Big Red Book. And then I think I'm going to talk a little bit about my preparation for this because it, it actually really says a lot about where I'm at in my recovery. And um, beyond that, I'm not sure what I'm going to say. So we'll find out together. So um, the reading is from page 14 in the Kindle version of the Big Red Book. And I'm sorry, I don't have a hard copy, but it's 14 in, in Kindle. And it's the, um, it's the one of the first chapters called Welcome to ACA. And um, it says, while ACA is similar to other 12-step programs, our emphasis on the family system and the inner child or true self sets ACA apart from all other fellowships. In addition to focusing on ourselves through the 12 steps, we believe that the family system is open for inspection as well. We believe that each of us is born with a true self that is forced into hiding by dysfunctional parenting. A false self emerges that protects the hidden true self from harm, but at a heavy price. Without help, the destructive false self is too much for most adult children to separate from. ACA holds out hope that and acceptance to the hurting adult children of the world who can hit a bottom and reach out for help. Allowing the true self to emerge in the nurturing atmosphere of ACA is a spiritual experience that awaits any adult child stepping onto the broad highway of ACA recovery. And again, that's from the Welcome to ACA chapter. Um, page 14 in the Kindle version, but Welcome to ACA is where it's from. So um, I knew I wanted to talk about inner child work because it, it turns out that it's been one of the most fruitful and kind of surprising experiences for me in the time that I've been in ACA, which is about a year and a half. And, um, you know, I, I'm not one of you. I've heard lots of people say when they first encountered talk about, you know, inner child work, they thought it was crazy and nutty and whatnot. And I, I didn't have those feelings, but I didn't really relate to it. And it might have been just the state I was in um, when I joined. But I, I was looking for a brief passage and I found this and it kind of spoke to me. And then I immediately realized, wait a minute, this is the exact thing that I'm very confused about right now, which is what exactly is the true self and how is it that the inner child and the true self are the same thing. And I'll explain why that's been bothering me lately. But my initial reaction was, I can't speak on this. I can't use this reading because I'm too confused. I'm in no position to share any knowledge with anyone because I don't know what I'm talking about. And then um, I sort of put it aside and thought I would find a different passage to read. and seemingly unrelated, although I'm sure it is related. I started reading this book and it's not conference literature, so I won't mention the title, but it is, um, it, it's related material and it's been very helpful in helping me kind of refine my idea of my inner children and true self. And I've, I've been having this kind of evolving epiphany over the last two days around 
true self and inner child. And, um, and all of a sudden I felt very comfortable and thought I, I would not only share where I'm at with this, but also tell you a bit about that because the preparation for this really reflects where I'm at. And by that, I mean, I had doubt, self-criticism, kind of a defeatist attitude. And then at the same time, being open to new experiences and trying new things. And then this really beautiful moment of clarity. And so here I am reading this passage. And, and that sort of process has been happening a lot more in my life lately, that doubt and criticism are there, but openness is also there. So that's, maybe that's the way I should end, but that's, um, that is where I am. And it's been playing out for me in lots of places. So um, a little bit of background. I grew up in, um, in, a, in a home with a binge drinking father and a very codependent and rage filled mother and got used to unpredictable chaos and violence um, from a very young age and came into the rooms um, a year and a half ago after my second marriage ended. And I'm, um, I'm someone for whom my ACA traits have been very helpful in the area of work and education. And, um, you know, they, they've been, I'm a very good employee. I'm, I'm a very accomplished person in a lot of ways, but with personal relationships, mainly romantic relationships, I've been just, you know, repeating the same pattern over and over and over and trying to figure out how to get a different result. And um, woke up one morning and realized I had two failed marriages and was also in, you know, two relationships simultaneously that um, made a certain kind of sense, but I was growing increasingly unhappy. And, um, and just came in and, and started listening. And um, I had very little experience with in-person meetings. I was actually just talking about this before the meeting. And really, you know, most of my time in ACA meetings um, has been on Zoom. And so I don't have much to compare it to, but I've just, I've, my life has been radically changed by this program. And um, I'm sure that if I had the experience of being in a room with all of you and, you know, seeing each other and touching and hugging and going out for fellowship and all the wonderful things that I hear about, it might feel a little bit like, um, you know, like I'm missing something, but I don't feel that way. It's just been really an incredible process. But what happened for me and the way I got in touch with my inner child um, was I, I had to really work up to ending this one particular relationship. Uh, and this, this was sort of around this time last year, I had six or seven months of program under my belt and I was sort of watching myself awaken and it dawned on me that, oh my God, I could do what I've done before with this guy for years and I'm 55 and I could like, I could wake up 
at the age of 65 and be in yet another relationship, banging my head against a wall and taking crumbs and sort of intellectualizing and rationalizing my way around it. And, um, and I just, it was, I had a moment of grace and clarity where I realized I had to end it. And I, it's one of the proudest things I've done, the way that I ended that relationship. He's not a bad person. It didn't require any sort of anger or, you know, bad feelings, but it was, it was a really sober adult conversation. And I attribute my ability to navigate that with him um, to program. And then I hit bottom. And um, it really is the first time in my life I didn't have a partner. I didn't have distraction of a man or men. I was really sort of forcing myself to face the thing that I've been avoiding my whole life. And I, you know, the, the one laundry list trait of staying in relationships to avoid being alone was totally me. I mean, it was actually conscious at a certain point. It was unconscious for a time, but it's been conscious for years. And, um, and I, I feel like I sort of put myself into that bottom. I went into it eyes open, but I had no idea how awful it would be and how, how many twists and turns it would take. Um, and one, one day, and I was just sort of plagued with these awful thoughts and, you know, all these, these feelings and self-criticism and self-loathing and really crazy things. Like I had ended the relationship and yet I felt terribly abandoned. And I sort of knew what was going on because, you know, again, I had some, some um, recovery in my life at that point, but I was, um, I was on the floor actually using a foam roller because I run and I, for people might know, that's like something you do to loosen up your muscles or whatever. And I was just in the grips of this rumination, crying, I was crying every single day. I I had to use the, the Tuesday Toolbox podcast to get me through the day for which I'm very grateful. Um, and I just burst into tears and just spontaneously said, you know, started praying, please help me help her. And I had this, um, I won't, I won't call it a vision, but a visualization of a little kid. And I, I wasn't sort of imagining myself necessarily, but I've come to put a picture on the kid and it's me at maybe six. Um, putting her hand over the stove, you know, over a flame and just like constantly putting it into the flame, screaming in pain, taking it out, putting it in, taking it out, screaming, crying, bleeding. It was this really poignant and, and very um, precise image. And slowly over a period of time, I started to imagine myself Thanks, thanks, TD. Myself as the adult woman that I am kind of trying to help this kid and she would push me away and I, I would cultivate these visualizations. Um, so it wasn't just sort of like a spontaneous thing, but I sort of went with it because I knew I was getting into touch with my inner child. And um, over time, I got her to stop putting her hand in the flame 
I got her to let her let, let me hug her and hold her. And um, then another kid appeared, which is my inner teenager. And the thing that has been really confusing me is that the inner teenager is um, she's lovable in her own way. She's funny. She's goofy, really smart, unorthodox. But she's very scornful, disdainful, angry, judgmental, um, shut down. And when I read of what I mean, prior to like two days ago, when I would read about the inner child and the true self being the same thing, I would think, well, I don't want to think of my true self as being that teenager. So what is that about? How is this working? And I think what I'm coming to realize is the teenager is there and there's, you know, there's an aspect of myself at that level of development um, that is her. And I have lots of little vignettes that I play out with the both of them, with me as their mother. Um, But actually what I was experiencing, what I've associated with the inner teenager is actually my false self. And it, it's, and I think probably what I'm learning, and this is all really very fresh for me, so I'm kind of working it out, um, and this is helping me talking to all of you. I think what probably happened is the false self, the, the self that I've been hiding behind all these years, probably really came to the fore in my teenage years. Um, and a lot of it has to do with relating to my mother and anger toward my mother. Um, and, you know, these survival traits just, I think, really took hold at, the, you know, maybe the age of 15 or 16. And so, um, you know, interesting, something led me to that particular reading that, thank you, that I was resisting. And then something else led me to this other book that I'm reading. And it's all kind of coalescing in my mind in a way that feels coherent and is very comforting. Um, and I, I, just, I have a very good relationship with the little kid right now and lots of visualization, lots of dialogue in my head. And um, I'm starting to do all sorts of things to take care of myself because I'm thinking of taking care of her. And so, you know, I just, um, I guess I wanted to just share that with all of you and just reflect for anybody who's really new that there's, there's definitely a process here. And although I wanted it to be done in five minutes so I could get on with my life, um, I'm actually really enjoying the pace and whether I enjoy it or not, the pace is the pace and doing service is a very big part of pushing yourself forward in recovery. So I wish that for all of you and I thank you for the opportunity.